0: I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this podcast is sponsored by Public Goods, an online marketplace designed for the conscious consumer, where you can get everything from coffee to toilet paper, shampoo to pet food. The packaging from Public Goods is simple and so aesthetically pleasing, with classic black fonts on beautiful white bottles, no bright colors and mismatched packaging. It's the first time I've ever wanted to leave out my dish soap on the counter because it's actually a beautiful part of my kitchen decor. I'm not kidding. I actually have my dish soap as part of my kitchen decorations with a little succulent next to it and it looks adorable. As part of Public Goods' sponsorship of the podcast, we've worked out an awesome deal. Receive $15 off your first Public Goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They are so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they are giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash 3 30 or use code 3 30 at checkout. That is P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com slash 3in30 to receive $15 off your first order. Welcome to 3in30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways. For you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. I first encountered the work of Rachel Macy Stafford in 2015 when she was a guest on one of the very first podcasts I ever listened to, which was called Power of Moms Radio. I was immediately struck by Rachel's warmth and authenticity and her message of letting go of distraction, perfection, and pressure to grasp what really matters in our lives. I was a busy young mother of two, a few years behind Rachel in my own motherhood journey, and her wisdom about slowing down the pace of life to really be present with the people I love most deeply touched me. I've continued to follow Rachel's work in the seven years since, and it has been an honor to read her heartfelt writings about all of the epiphanies that have come to her as she's grown right alongside her two beautiful daughters who are now age 16 and 19. Rachel writes an incredible blog that inspires millions of readers, and she has published four best-selling books. Her most recent project is an audio series called Soul Shift Sessions, a practice for living authentically and loving for real. Today, we'll be talking all about soul shifts, what they are, and how we can start to make them in our own lives as mothers. I can't wait for you to hear my conversation with a mentor I have loved from afar for a lot of years. Before we jump into the episode, I wanted to give you a sneak peek of something I've been working on this summer behind the scenes. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you may remember that last fall I launched a nine-month-long program called Self-Assured Motherhood, or SAM, as I like to call it for short. The signups were only open for a short time, and I was thrilled to have almost 90 women join the program. These amazing mothers spent the last nine months working with me on becoming more confident and content mothers and women. We had nine different monthly topics with masterclasses and coaching and Q&A, and it was an amazing experience. Our last class was a few weeks ago, and I got an email from one of the mothers named Whitney, who participated in the program, and she said this. I wanted to send a personal email to let you know how much the SAM program has done for me. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. As you know, I quit my teaching job to be a stay-at-home mom this past year. This was my choice and what I wanted. I knew it would be hard, but I had no idea the amount of skills and knowledge I was lacking to feel successful. I felt overwhelmed by motherhood and didn't know where to start. I can honestly say that going through this program has helped me begin to practice and gain those skills. I'm so much more patient with my kids, but more importantly, patient with myself as I navigate through this unknown territory. Much of that is due to the amazing community of women I learned from weekly— I loved hearing that I wasn't alone in how I was feeling. I felt so much support and absolutely no judgment. My husband has noticed the change in me and has said over and over again how worth the money this class was. Thank you for doing this work and for sharing it with the world. It's so needed. Your advocacy for motherhood is inspiring and shows there's nothing more important. The world needs this, End quote. Wow, that feedback means so much to me and gives me the encouragement I need to keep going with this work, I wanted to let you know that we are gearing up to launch the Self-Assured Motherhood program again in September. It only opens once a year, so if this is something that piques your interest that you might be interested in joining this year, I've created an interest list where you can sign up to get more information and to be the first to hear when the program opens for enrollment. To get on that email list, go to 3 and 30 podcastcom slash interested. That's 3 and 30 podcastcom slash interested. I cannot wait to get started with a new group of women, and I'd love for you to be a part of it as well. Okay, with no further ado, let's get to my conversation with Rachel Stafford. You're going to love it. Rachel, I am so thrilled to have you as a guest on 3 and 30 today. As I mentioned in the introduction, I have admired your work and you for a very long time. You've made a big impact in my motherhood journey. And so it's thrilling for me to be able to actually talk with you and learn from you today. So thank you so much for coming on 3 and 30.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: Yes. And I'm so excited to talk today about soul shifts which is a phrase you use a lot. And I just wanted to start by giving some context for what is a soul shift? What does that mean to you? And why has it become an important part of your work? Why have you prioritized that in the last few years?
1: Well, so for me, when I look back where my journey started about 10 years ago, I was really trying to figure out, okay, How can I connect with my children, with my spouse, with my family, with strangers when there's just so much distraction out there? There's so many things pulling us, you know, as moms, as human beings. And it took me a while. First, it was trying to let go of the external distractions in my life. But then the more I did that, I realized, There was a lot of internal distraction going Mm. on inside of me when I would encounter uncomfortable feelings. I was really good at like pushing those away Mm. and distracting myself and not facing what's going on here. What is causing me to lash out? And that was a lot of it. Like in my early years, the yelling and it's like, what is wrong with me? Why am I behaving? I love these people. So it was when I finally started really taking a good look inward and accepting some of these painful truths. You know, the first painful truth that I encountered on my journey was I am missing my life because I'm so distracted. I'm so stretched. And so accepting that truth is the way that you go forward, because then you say, ah, okay, this is what's happening. I don't want to live this way. So what am I going to do differently? Mm -hmm. And that's basically how soul shift, you know, it's, it's a journey. And instead of pushing it away, we're getting quiet. And this journey, this soul shifting journey that I've gone on to Pay attention to my own feelings, my own needs, my own boundaries helps me pay attention and help my daughters articulate theirs. So that's basically the premise of the soul shift journey is just beginning to really listen to these signals that Mm -hmm. your soul is sending you that says, this isn't how I want to live, or this isn't who I want to be. And then figuring out a new step or a new choice, which is what the three takeaways I'm going to be giving you today are these powerful little revelations that I discovered on my soul-shifting journey. And I know how important it is to make things really doable, really small. You know, we're not going to be overhauling our life. We don't have the energy to do that. And we can't always change the circumstances that we're in. But we can take small steps that create these ripples of connection, of presence, and then it starts to impact all the areas of your life. Yeah.
0: I love that you say small shifts lead to soul shifts because we often think we need to overhaul everything, but it's just these small little shifts that happen over time Mm -hmm. that help us to recalibrate And get to a place where we are living more in alignment with our deeper values. And one thing that you said that really resonated with me, Rachel, is that we often think that the distractions are the things happening outside of us. Our phones, the busyness of our lives, which is true. All of those things are very distracting. And that is what initially drew me to your work back in 2015 when I heard you on the Power of Moms podcast I related to that feeling of, I have too much going on. I'm too busy. I need to put my phone down. And what's crazy to me is in the last seven years, how much busier our world has gotten (laughs) since 2015 and how much more distraction and noise there is now. We need that message more than ever. And also what you just said about how we also need to do the work of noticing our inner distractions. It's not just our busy schedules. It's our negative self-talk. It's Mm -hmm. our comparison with other people. It's all of those things that are distracting us from the life that we really want to live that are happening inside of our soul. And so I'm excited to talk a little bit more about that today and how to make steps to living a more aligned life where we feel at peace in our souls day to day.
1: Yes. I can't wait to dig in.
0: Yeah. So what is your first takeaway for us on how to start this soul shift process?
1: Okay. So... My first takeaway, that's probably my favorite of all, is basically reconnecting to your inner child. Hmm. Why is this important? Well, we are here to be our most authentic selves and we don't have to put on a mask or have a facade of who we think we should be or who we think the world wants us to be. Um, So when I started working on my self-worth, something that really helped me was this photo Mm -hmm. of myself around seven years, maybe eight, and I was Mm -hmm. leaning against the brick wall of our house. I had on one of my favorite floppy hats. Mm -hmm. I had on a striped shirt with shorts that didn't match. I know that I was getting ready to do some kind of show in the backyard with my best friend, Hillary, and I was just smiling. And I looked at that picture of myself like this girl didn't care what anybody was saying about her. She was just joy, basically. She was just living joyfully. And that picture just kind of reminded me, oh yes, I remember that feeling, that uninhibited part of myself. And how can I reconnect with that? Well, it was the hat that basically became a connective tool for me. When I decided on Saturdays, I wanted to start being able to show up, with my family. And I realized that the mirror was such a sabotaging presence for me. And I would always waste time. I would berate myself. I would say, you can't show up like that. So I was like, you know what? Who says I even have to look in the mirror? So on Saturdays, I began just putting a hat on and bypassing the mirror. Mm. So wearing the hat, it connected me with that part of my joyful self that didn't live for other people's expectations. And so what was really cool about wearing the hat, kind of like something unexpected, I didn't know was going to happen, but I went to pick up my daughter one day at preschool and the teacher came out and she was holding this really odd looking paper doll in her hand. And she's like, Rachel, I just came out to explain this to you because the kids are asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she's like, we had rock stars, scientists, teachers, doctors. And then we had this from Avery. And this doll had this weird <laughs> helmet on its head. And Avery said, when I grow up, I want to be a mom, but not just any mom. I want to be like my mom. And the fact that she put that hat on the doll, I thought, mm-hmm. wow, okay, something's happening. I'm coming back to myself when I put that hat on. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's my takeaway to anyone that's listening who's feeling very separated from what brings them joy or what brings them peace. We've got to tune in to that little uninhibited part of us that says, you know what? Remember when you used to get out all the ingredients on the counter and you experimented, you know, who says you can't do that now? Mm. Or who says you can't get the Play-Doh out or the clay or the paint? Who says you can't go sit in the library for an hour and just look at books? Mm -hmm. And so that's something if you're like, I really want to be more authentic. I really want to show up as myself. Then I want you to find a picture of yourself from a joyful moment in your life and just look at that person in that picture and think, okay, let me remember who you were.
0: Yeah. She's still in there. That little girl. Yes. And I love that you call her your dreamer girl. Mm -hmm. You know, your little dreamer girl from before all of the pressure and responsibility and adulthood was added onto you. And I relate so much to that. I was a major journaler and I love to go back and to read my notebooks from over the years, my journals that reconnects me with my inner child and who she was and who I still am today. Isn't it amazing that as children, you really do know what our innate (laughs) gifts and interests and desires are, but then we often lose them over the years. And for me, that has been interesting is I loved animals growing up. I wanted to be a veterinarian, and I just dreamed of having a dog. And I had a little sister that was extremely allergic to all animals. And I remember falling asleep, feeling sad that I couldn't have a dog. And in my adulthood, when I've mentioned that to people, they've said, so are you going to get your dog now? And I would always say, oh, it's not the right time. That sounds like a, a drain, a time suck, like not practical, too busy for that. Well, recently, my husband talked me into getting a puppy. And I am obsessed with her. And I do feel like it has totally awoken my dreamer girl. How much I love this dog is reminding me of that little girl that always wanted that. And so that's just a personal example of something that's bringing me a lot of joy and peace right now. We just got her a couple of months ago, and I just am loving it with her. So Going back to your childhood and thinking about what did I love, what did I desire, what were my hobbies, and Mm -hmm. reconnecting to those things can be a really powerful tool. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Many of my friends have been talking about going to therapy for years, but it feels hard to find a counselor. Where would you even start in order to find a good fit? BetterHelp makes it easy to get started with a counselor without overthinking it. With BetterHelp, you go to their website and fill out a brief but thorough survey about your needs and preferences in a counselor, and they match you with someone within 48 hours. You read over the bio and background of the counselor, and if it feels like a good fit, you go ahead and schedule your first online appointment, and you could be talking to someone within the week. And if at any time you decide that your counselor is not a perfect fit for you, you can request a change at no charge. If you feel you might need counseling but are hesitant, nervous, or embarrassed to invest in yourself in this way, let me assure you that going to counseling will be a gift to your entire family. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash 3in30. That's betterhelp.com slash 3in30. This podcast is sponsored by Modern Fertility. Did you know one out of six couples struggles with infertility? Seriously, that is a staggering statistic that most people don't know or aren't ready to talk about. But we need good data and information about our bodies in order to have informed conversations with our doctors and our partners and make the best decisions for ourselves and our futures. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. You may know that my two miracle babies came to me through adoption and IVF. We've been hoping for a third baby for years, and I look forward to getting my test results back from Modern Fertility to hopefully get more insight into my hormones. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com three in 30. That means your test will cost $179 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com three in 30. Modernfertility.com three in 30. And what is your second takeaway?
1: The second takeaway is that fear wears disguises. And realizing that fear wears disguises basically has become such a lifeline in my family during times of distress mm-hmm. and grief. And The way this realization came to me is kind of funny. (laughs) It wasn't funny at the time, but we were on a whitewater rafting trip. It was my husband and my two daughters. And right away, we like hit these really like to me, they were scary rapids. I was like, Mm -hmm. wow, I wasn't expecting to be like this. And I was afraid that Avery, my youngest, was going to fall out. So what did I do? You know, that's when my taskmaster really gets vocal and I'm barking orders, really sharp, really gruff, telling everybody what to do. And my husband, Scott, turned to me and was like, don't be mad. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm not mad. I'm scared. And then I said, this is fear talking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I was like, wow, I thought back on that. This is fear talking. And all of a sudden I could look back on some of my most shameful parenting incidents in a whole new light because I always wondered how could I be so mean and controlling to people that I love and then to understand in those moments that was fear And for me, anxiety talking, that's what Mm. it was sounding like. When I get controlling and mean, I'm anxious Mm. and I never put that together before, but being able to then express to my family, this is how I behave when I'm scared about something or I'm anxious about how something's going to go. And so then My husband, when he saw me doing those micromanaging type behaviors, he had this kind of cue and he would do it very gently and kindly because otherwise I probably wouldn't have heard him. But he said, I can see you're feeling anxious about this, Rachel. Mm -hmm. And then here's the magic words. How can I help you? Mm. That's what... Our family has learned to rely on that phrase. I have a daughter going to college in a couple weeks and it's bringing up a lot of anxiety for her. And sometimes she gets upset over things and I'm like, this isn't really about the socks or this isn't really about the water bottle she can't find. The underlying emotion is fear, anxiety, scared of the future. And so it helps me to be more compassionate with her when I see the emotion underlying that unbecoming behavior, because sometimes we're quick to say, gosh, well, you're really overreacting over this or geez, Mm -hmm. calm down. Well, those are not going to help the situation. Mm -hmm. In fact, it makes the other person feel unseen, unheard, Unvalued or undervalued. Mm -hmm. And so that is just a game changer in my Mm -hmm. family to remember fear wears disguises and then to basically just validate feelings. You know, Mm -hmm. we may not understand, but we can at least listen and try to understand. Yeah, And sometimes that's all the person needs. They don't need us to fix it. They don't need us to make it go away.
0: Yeah. And on your own soul shift journey, it's having that kind of compassion for yourself. The first step to changing any behavior is just noticing it and Mm -hmm. just being able to notice, oh, I'm freaking out right now because I'm anxious or afraid. And maybe you can't even change the behavior yet, but you just are noticing it I know what's really going on here. And then you can start to extend yourself that same compassion that you're saying your family members extend to you of saying, how can I help you? You're almost saying that to yourself, like, Rachel, you're upset. How -hmm. can I help you? What do you need right now? Do you need a nap? Do you need water? Do you need a walk? Do you need to call a friend?
1: Exactly. But this
0: awareness of what's really happening is what gets you to that place where you can have that compassion with yourself.
1: Mm Like I said earlier, it's just life-changing.
0: Yeah, Mm. absolutely. And I feel like this is a really good lead-in into your last and final takeaway. What's
1: your third takeaway? Yeah, so the third takeaway is to basically honor your red flags. Mm. And this has to do with boundary setting. Mm. I spent decades deriving my self-worth from external variables like Mm other people's approval, achievements, being productive, you know, people patting me on the back and saying, wow, how do you do it all? That's amazing. And so when you gain your worth from external variables, you begin to abandon your needs, Mm. your interests, your likes and dislikes, because you're living according to the external around you and reacting to that. So I realized, you know, some of my most depleted times when I really got seriously ill, it was because I was not setting any boundaries with my energy and my focus and my time. I was basically giving it all away sometimes to causes or tasks that they didn't mean anything to me. Mm. And so I realized, okay, you've come to a point where you are going to have to start saying no. Mm -hmm. And yes, that means you're going to have to disappoint people. And I have noticed that sometimes people, they don't like it you know, if you've been doing what they want you to do all these years, and then all of a sudden you become stronger and more true to yourself and you start saying, no, I can't do that. Or no, this is not comfortable for me anymore. Mm -hmm. Some people will either directly tell you they don't like it, or they will passively aggressively let you know. So in those moments, When I know, okay, I've disappointed someone, it doesn't feel good to a recovering people pleaser. And right away, I want to fix it. I want to smooth it out. I want to say, oh, maybe just go along with it this one time. Mm -hmm. But I know that then I'm sacrificing my peace Mm -hmm. and what I need and what's good for me and what's best for me. So... I was telling my sister about one of these situations. We were on a walk and I was telling her how I was really trying to cut ties with a certain person that I just, it it was toxic and it was depleting and I just decided no more.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so I said to my sister, Rebecca, I was like... Well, it's been a couple months now and I haven't heard from her, so I'm thinking maybe I should reach out. And my sister said, Rachel, don't throw good energy at a bad situation. Mm -hmm. She said, you know, we are completists and we have this tendency to try and resolve all the things, you know. Even the stuff that people put on us, we still have this tendency to want to resolve it. And then we abandon ourselves. And she said, Rachel, don't follow up. Just Mm. let it go. And I was like, it's so simple, but so hard, you know, and there's probably at least once a week that I will say to myself, don't throw good energy at a bad situation because it's, it's ingrained in me. Mm. This idea of like, I call it honoring your red flags because a lot of times we know I feel depleted after I'm with this person or this project that always gets dumped on me. This is bad for me. And yet we go along, but I've gotten to the point where like, okay, I just set a boundary This person is disappointed that I'm not doing what she or he wants me to do, and I'm okay with that Mm -hmm. because I'm staying true to myself. There is nothing more peaceful than honoring your needs and not just constantly giving, giving, giving till there's nothing left. Mm
0: -hmm. Our family was recently listening to a podcast. It's called Against the Odds, and it has a bunch of different crazy survival stories throughout history and there was a season about the chilean mine collapse that happened several years ago i don't know if you remember that and all those miners they were trapped underground for months Mm -hmm. and miraculously they got all of them out Mm -hmm. but what struck me as i was listening to it was how many red flags there were before That mine collapsed. Mm -hmm. And it was talking about the way that the miners could hear the like moaning of the earth around them, that it was unstable for months and all these different things. And my guess is that that company didn't want to deal with that. They thought it would be an expense, they thought they could put Mm -hmm. it off, and it turned into such a bigger problem for so many people and for that company and so much more money. And I just thought, what things in my life am I ignoring the red flags on that Mm -hmm. I know and I have a sense that like This isn't going to work. This is going to fall apart. This is going to collapse. Like something's not right here. And I just ignore it and keep pushing through and thinking, oh, I'll deal with that eventually or it'll probably be fine somehow, you know. And Mm -hmm. I love this advice that sometimes you have to honor that and just walk away and leave something unresolved. That's hard for Mm -hmm. me too, to leave. Mm -hmm. It feels like all relationships, all circumstances need to have a neat, clean resolution with a bow. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's just not possible. And you do have to be willing to say, I'm going to honor this red flag that I've been feeling for a long time before the situation gets so much worse.
1: Yep, totally. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, Rachel, this has been so insightful and helpful to hear from you and to hear some of your tools for the small shifts that lead to a soul shift and a more peaceful, authentic life. You've written four best selling books. Yet this is not a book, Your Soul Shift Sessions. It's an audio series. It's only on audio, right?
1: Right now, it's only on audio. Mm-hmm.
0: And yep. why did you choose to do it that way after all of your past experience with writing books?
1: Well, I started doing more video and you know, of course my speaking events that I was doing, I just kept hearing the same thing <laughs> from people that said, okay, it's one thing to read your words, but it's another thing to hear you speak your words. Mm. And they said they found it to be a totally different experience and actually quite soothing. Mm -hmm. And so I had the opportunity to record basically my course, Soul Shift, Mm. but more of an updated version of what I've been teaching for several years. Mm -hmm. And it's all audio and people can listen to it on audible and sounds true that's the publisher who created it mm-hmm. and so you can go to my website it's handsfree mama uh, with maMA handsfree mama.com and you can see there's a link on there well
0: I am so grateful that you're doing this work. To everyone listening, check out Rachel Macy Stafford's books and her Soul Shift Sessions. And Rachel, again, thanks for coming on 3 and 30.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: What a lovely conversation with a lovely soul. I really related to what Rachel said at the beginning of the interview about how sometimes we think that if we could just quiet the noise and the busyness of the world around us, our souls would feel better. But even more than that, we have to quiet the noise and the busyness inside of us to make peace with who we truly are and to start loving ourselves and others for real. If you want to start shifting your soul to be less distracted by the inner noise of life, here's a recap of the three takeaways from our conversation. First, connect with your inner child. I love the concrete idea to find a photo of yourself as a child from a time where you felt happy, free and comfortable and look at it often. Put it on your desk or your nightstand and remember that that little girl is still inside of you and thinking about what she loved can really help you to get back in tune with yourself. It might be ignoring the mirror and wearing a hat like Rachel, or putting productivity aside to get a puppy like I recently did. Think about what you loved to do as a child and start doing some of those things again. Second, remember that fear wears disguises. When you're yelling at your kids or not acting in alignment with your values, can you pause and look deeper? Is there actually some fear or anxiety there? Ask yourself, what can I do to support you right now? This is also such a grace-filled question to ask your children or your partner when they are not acting like themselves. And third and finally, honor your red flags, and in the words of Rachel's sister Rebecca, learn not to throw good energy at a bad situation. It's okay to leave some situations or relationships unresolved if your soul is whispering to you that this is not good for you. Sitting with the fact that someone might be disappointed in you is incredibly difficult, but it will get easier in time to stop betraying yourself in order to keep others happy. This soul work isn't easy, but it is so, so, so worth it. I hope you're feeling inspired by this conversation, and I hope you have a beautiful, aligned week with your family.